Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome, UAP. We're back. It's Stephen Diener right here. Karen Curtis over there. We are excited to do episode 55 with you here oh my today. God, really? The Silent War battles over the skies, or I guess over our skies, really. We're all under one sky. But I, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited to do I never thought of it one. that yes. way. And it's been a little weird, again, a little bit of a hiatus. It's just a busy season. You know, there's a lot going on. Don't during... make excuses. It's I, all good. You yeah. don't have to complain or explain. I'm sorry. I just, I feel bad. I like to try to do this every week. Her the queen. And so, you know, as, as long as we can do an episode... At least every two weeks, then that's a good thing, and it's, that's that's what we're here to do today on this episode 55. So how are you, Karen? I am well. Thank you so much. There's so much going on. Yeah, there is. <laughs> There's, in the UAP arena. There really is. It's it's almost like impossible to keep track of and keep up with, and that's why we did last week more of like the current stories of what's happening and new disclosures, because there really is a lot of new stuff happening. So I felt it was important to do that, and I'm glad we did, because there's that that stuff has continued to develop. So we'll keep you updated on those things as you know more information becomes available and some of the new disclosures that we were talking about yesterday, how the government's handling things. But on this one, there's, there's a lot that's happened with, I guess I, I like to call it silent battles, these battles that you don't hear about or engagements even between fighter jets and not just in the United States, between fighter jets and UFOs, UAPs. Yes. Well, yeah, the Foo Fighters and... World War Two, Right. And there's some that we've talked about, like things with, with, you know, the Foo Fighters, not the Dave Grohl band, but the original name of UFOs in World War Two, And, you know, all the, some different stories that we'll kind of touch on as we go through today. But there's ones that I think you're going to be shocked to hear about that just are not mentioned. But when you hear it, you're going to be like, excuse me, those things happened? So yeah, it's that's what we're getting to today. Mind blown. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. But before all that, Karen, I know you always have the factoid. I do. This one, it's fun. I'll tell the story after you tell the factoid. But I was fascinated by this. But apparently, this is old news, according oh, to some people. So, pardon me, I didn't know about it. Yeah. But no, go ahead. it's not Saturn. NASA released new images of Neptune from the James Webb Space Telescope. This telescope is the gift. That keeps on giving. It really is. And I'm assuming cool you're going to put this image up sure. on our blog page. Yeah, why not? It shows off some of the planet's rings. I, I was like, oh, that's cool. Then I'm thinking, wait a minute, Saturn's the one with the rings. That's what we always thought, right? Yeah, and it also it had a, a large spot in its atmosphere. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Jupiter's the one with the spot. I guess these planets are more similar than we thought. Well, this, this telescope can just get pictures we've never seen before. And I didn't know it had rings. Did you? I did not. And I was very fascinated by this, so much so that I told my son, who just turned eight, okay, so for reference, just turned eight years old, and he's, you know, like any other 
little boy or a little girl. They might be interested in space and things like that. So I thought, hey, he's going to find this interesting. There's rings around you, Neptune. You homeschool him. Right. So it was like part of the curriculum. Sure. You know, we're doing some science. You thought work. you might teach him something. Yeah, exactly. So I say, hey, son, look at this. And I show him the picture from the James Webb telescope. Look, there's rings around Neptune. They just got a new picture. He says to me, Daddy, you didn't know there were rings around Neptune? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I didn't know. <laughs> All of a sudden, you knew this. He's like, of course I know that. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. <laughs> so, a little funny thing there. But, yeah, it's a very, really cool picture. And if you hadn't seen it, we'll tweet it out on the uh, UAP uh, Twitter, at UAP, uh, at UA Podcast 850 on Twitter. And Repeat we'll put on that. The blog, at UA Podcast 850 oh, on Twitter. By the way, another acronym, DART, um, NASA, ready to knock off an asteroid. It's going to knock it off course with this DART spacecraft. It's the double asteroid redirection test. <laughs> yeah, see, this is kind of, this is throwing me off. This is knocking me off my course. They're going to hit its moon. Apparently, I didn't know asteroids had moons either. Did oh, you? I didn't know that. Yeah, so this Tiny is happening moon. September 26th. Right. So, you know, as of now, as this comes out on uh, the weekend of September 23rd, throughout the 24th so keep 25th. an eye out so, for it right you know if you're listening after the 26th then maybe that means that it worked and this test in air quotes is something that works because i'm not convinced this is a test i think there's something going on really oh i could be 100 wrong well they're gonna but, yeah. try to crash into the asteroid dimorphos okay in an attempt to change its orbit so the DART mission aims to shift an asteroid's orbit through kinetic impact specifically by smashing the spacecraft into the smaller member of the binary asteroid system. In in English, it's moon. <laughs> it's going to knock it into the other one. De, so, Didymus. All right. So, yeah. On September 26th. This sounds like something out of, you know, Bruce Willis movie or yes. Deep Impact or something right, along those lines. Right, where they drilled in and put a bomb in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we'll see how that goes. It's fascinating one way or the other. I just... I don't know. It's I just of, loved how they could get a clean microwave feed back to Earth from the asteroid. Isn't that funny? When I was in a helicopter doing traffic, I couldn't get a clean feed 500 feet over the over 95. Well, you didn't have Michael Bay directing <laughs> your traffic. That's right. <laughs> like he was Armageddon. But I, I don't know. I, I find this fishy. I think there's something else going on. That what I is going about. on? I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, maybe this thing is, they don't like its course. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh. I could be wrong. <gasps> Hopefully I'm wrong. You're thinking it's going to like... It's headed right toward us and Maybe. could kill us. Maybe. <laughs> but no, all kidding aside, it's 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 a cool experiment. So. It is called dimorphous. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully it goes well. The last time we spoke, Karen, yeah. we explored, you know, again, how the U.S. government was kind of viewing the UAP phenomenon through, I guess you could say, like a different lens. You know, using verbiage, like caught me off guard, verbiage like exponentially growing threat whoa, whoa. to national security. When they say it's that. an existential threat, you know it's real. Then it, that's like the red level, yeah. Yeah. But, but we, they are shining some sunshine, some sunlight on it. And that's the thing. So yeah. we wondered kind of, you know, the question of why now? Why are they shining a light on this? Why are they coming out with all this new public focus and investigations into UFOs, UAPs? Could the answer be... That they are shyly kind of inching their way toward acknowledging some long-held secrets. I think it's just time. We're, re we're ready. And we, we did talk about the whistleblowers that are ready yep. to come out last time on episode 54. So I think the aliens are talking to us. They're talking to certain people. Well, actually, you know, talking about like acknowledging the secrets, maybe these stories here will kind of provide some clarity on some of the questions we were asking last time okay, good. about why now. Because this first one, 
it, this isn't a recent event, but it's the kind of uh, the details on it are more recent as things become declassified ah, as the years go on. I see. Because this actually dates back to 1968, our first story here. And when I was six. All right, there you go. And you were just a, a, a gleam thought. in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's what I was. I like it. A sunbeam. Yes, that's right. It was shining down. But this is it's kind of bizarre and eerie this incident and it took place at uh, Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota. It was in the early hours of October 24th, 1968 mm. to be exact. And for reference, Minot, and I am saying it correctly, it's not Mino, it's not a silent M I N O T, yes, Minot. Minot. It's uh, the Air Force Base. This was one of the homes of the US's uh, Minuteman nuclear missiles. And B-52 nuclear bombers during the Cold War. So a lot of activity there. We had nukes. Yes. There were nukes there. And we've done multiple episodes that talk about how Mm -hmm. there's always been some sort of an alien connection to our nuclear uh, housing facilities. And you're going to hear more of that connection today. But this was one of the facilities which would have seen, actually, this is, I mean, it's fascinating when you think about this. The warplanes that were stationed there were done in such a way strategically that they could be scrambled to launch attacks on the Soviet Union within 10 minutes of the start of what would be World War III at that time. In in North Dakota, so it would what, right. fly over Alaska to... I guess I to guess that... You it know, would go west. Right. Yeah. West to the eastern tip of Russia. Right. That makes sense. So, But that was they were stationed, ready to go. This was a, a major base when it came to nuclear capability during the Cold War. And beneath the ground were a network of underground silos, which were believed, anyway, to have held around 150 nuclear weapons. Wow. Warheads. So you could probably see why any alien entity might have interest in this area. Well, they're just worried we're going to blow ourselves up or blow up the earth or blow up the universe. Come on, dummies. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So getting back to the incident at, at hand here, the UFO involved was first sighted by crews on the ground. Okay. Before then being seen by the airmen who were, at this point, they were receiving orders to investigate the craft and and attempt to engage it. Okay, so the guys in the sky were like, oh my God, there's something up here. And they're like, engage. And then people on the ground saw it. Well, the people on the ground, so one of the guys on the ground saw it first. And oh. so the reports started coming in. And then the airmen were like, get out there now. Go. So they take the B-52. Okay, and they're flying out there. and With the pilots, nukes? I don't know if they had the nukes on it, but they were flying the B-52. Okay. And one of the pilots said it was the only time in his career, he's speaking now as an older man, because you'll you'll hear some of the things that happened here. Um, but he said that this was the only time he was ever given the order to shoot down an aircraft before he even got in his airplane. Whoa. So, Take it out. That's right. Now, that might have been, you know, Cold War paranoia, or they were just so spooked by what was flying overhead that they said, let's just get rid of this thing. Well, what did it look like? Well, here's the thing. So, in case you're wondering... did it show up on radar? It did. Oh! It did appear on radar. Whoa. Now, some members of the nuclear bomber crew made visual sightings of the object, and they described it as... Like a miniature sun. Okay. They said it was more like like a huge egg-shaped air uh, object aircraft, I guess whatever you want to call it, and it gave off a dull reddish color like molten steel. Interesting. So bright, dull red color and a giant egg shape that and it dwarfed probably... their B-52 bomber, actually. And that's a big, big airplane. Yeah. And it didn't make any sound, right? No sound. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So that, you know, one of the hallmarks of uh, your, your classic UFO sighting, no sound. One airman described the UFO as being oval-shaped. 
red and with a silver bumper-like, which I found interesting. Kind yeah. of like a bumper-like appendage that he spotted. Uh, it was kind of flying beneath the B-52 Whoa, aircraft. Oh, that's cool. I never kind of heard that detail before. It kind of like a bumper on the front of it. I don't know what that would be. Huh. One of the first witnesses who was on the ground was a man named Robert O'Connor, and he was a U.S. Air Force maintenance technician, actually. Okay. He was quoted as saying, I love it. Uh, this is one of my favorite quotes. This is our 55th episode, okay, as we said at the beginning. This, I think, is my most favorite quote that we've come across in 55 episodes. Oh, my gosh. All right. I know I'm hyping it up, but I love this. It's not he's stiff and purple, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not that. He said, I remember grabbing an axe oh. just in case there were little green men or something. Oh. <laughs> he was ready to go. That is the best quote ever. He, he grabbed an axe. He's there in the hangar. He's like, all right, little Swing green away, men, let's do this. Meryl. Exactly. Could you imagine that oh, mind frame? That's so amazing. My gosh. Well, you're probably scared to death. Sure. And he described the object as self-luminous. Okay. He called it a big ball of white light. White light? The other one said it was red. Almost like a red, dullish color, right? So we have white, we huh. have a red. We with have a bumper. silver, right? We have all these different kind of descriptions, but they also kind of match, which is weird. Oh yeah. The biggest thing that I think you can look at, as far as matching testimony, is very bright, and kind of like a, an oval shaped, an egg shaped type of and aircraft, changing shape and color. Right, which we've heard of. Yeah. You know that oval type of aircraft before, as far as UFOs are concerned, and it changed color and shape according to this Air Force technician. Well, that's common in witness testimony. Yes. It's not consistent. Now, here's where things get really strange, if that wasn't strange enough for you. The craft that was reported at this point, they saw, according to the reports, it hit speeds of up to 3,900 miles per hour, which put it up above Mach 5. Oh, that's nothing to Maverick. Well, sure. But that, that means it was hypersonic. Whoa. Even that's a lot for Maverick. And it, But it didn't make a, a boom. No booms, apparently. So it's hypersonic, but it's not... Just going. Oh, that's so weird. Now, obviously, this caught many people's attention, including the important people. Oh, so at this point, it started to play cat and mouse with the bomber, including, get this, it approached them at such high speed that the crew thought it was going to crash right into them. Oh, it's playing chicken. Yeah. Can you imagine you're flying this thing, you're flying no. a B-52, and this unknown aircraft is just flying straight for you. Get your axe. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just now, they, they had lock. Okay, they locked onto the target, and considering the size of the aircraft, this, this, this UFO, it was easy to lock onto, according sure, to the pilots. Yeah. It was like locking onto a football field. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just as they had lock, and just before they were about to fire upon it, it vanished. <gasps> Whoa. Gone. And the whole thing obviously made waves once they got back sure. to the base, and they debriefed, because so much so that... Guess what? It was investigated by the infamous Project Blue Book. And so since it showed up on radar, mm-hmm. all of that should have been documented. Do they record radar? Well, they can had they, records of it. Can yeah. they preserve radar? I think they could have at that point. Wow. Because it would have disappeared off radar. Sure. And But they had records. It was It's proven on radar. And how many people were on the B-52? You know, normal, you know, four or five. Okay, so there's plenty there. of people. Sure, they had witnesses. And guess what happened, uh, Karen? Guess how the investigation went? Uh, straight into the circular file. Uh-huh. They dismissed the entire thing. Sure. You know what Didn't they, happen. You know what they chalked it up to? The Project Blue Book, the geniuses over there? What? They chalked it up to the airman and the ground crew, all of them. They were simply confused by the stars. Sure, they... <laughs> <laughs> I swear. That's the official explanation 
Going back to 1968 in Project Blue oh. they were confused by the stars. A giant oval-shaped craft that's flying toward them at 3,900 miles per hour, but they were confused by the stars. That's what they came up with. Don't try to tell me something that I know is not true. I mean, that's, that makes me even more angry. Sure. And here's what happened, actually, was once they were told nothing happened, well, apparently something did happen in the important people's eyes because they were then threatened by shady men in black suits. Really? Who told them never to speak of this. And actually, the pilot who talks about it now as an old man because it's been so long, he's, he described him as looking like an IBM salesman. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and he said they told us to never publicly discuss what they what we saw. Wow. So, yeah, but just just stars, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were confused by the stars. You have the men in black coming to threaten your life, but... All you saw were stars. Sure, no You're going to see stars when I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just unreal. So, I mean, but, but again, like you said, could you imagine? I mean, how insulting is that? It's insulting. Thank you. That you, you're, tell, you're being told as a highly trained airman that you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you saw. The entire group of you. Right. It's amazing how you can just change facts. <laughs> you got to love it, right? Right. But anyway, so... That's the first one there because I feel like that's more of like a um, a primer for what we just saw. So we don't hear from the old guy. Who, no, oh. no, we didn't have any audio. It was more of just like a a report there. So I apologize that's for no audio okay. on the old if, guy. If there was some, we'd have it. Yes, that's right. Absolutely, we always do. But that one is kind of it. Kind of set the bed here for some of these stories because this next one, I'm gonna. I want to ask you a question, Karen. Okay, and and for you listening as well, I want to ask you a general question. What is one of the big speculations when it comes to possible explanations for UAP UFO sightings? It's It's got to be some type of experimental aircraft, right? That's kind of what you've always been told or what you have been told to think. Either aircraft from the U.S., China, or Russia, right? One of, one of the big three. But either way, that has to be the answer. It's got to be experimental aircraft. Yeah, there can't be anything extraterrestrial. No. And to be fair, sometimes that, that is the case. I remember the SR-71 Blackbird, which is decommissioned, but when that first came out as a spy plane to go over and do missions over the Soviet Union at the time, people thought it was a UFO because they're like, what could fly that high? We don't know anything that can fly that high. But that was... You don't know what the other guy has. That's right. What's interesting is now they're sending drones into hurricanes rather than the hurricane hunter planes with people on board. Right, exactly. So things are advancing quickly, yes. and you don't know what the other side has. So to be fair, yeah. some of those things could it's be possible. boiled down to you know technology that we just don't know exists yet. That's fair. But what if I told you that Russian and Chinese fighter jets... okay? have both encountered these unknown craft in their skies. Oh. Engaged with them. Thinking it's us. Sure. And lost. Oh, dear. Okay, we're talking actual battles here, okay? So that might put a damper on some of the theories, though, that it's Russian or Chinese. Yeah, they're not going to take out their own stuff. And we're not going to go and no. start a war. No. So God forbid. what is it, right? That's interesting. Now, just for, uh, I guess, reference here, take... Take a listen here to a man named Tom Rogan. Okay, he's a journalist for the Washington Examiner. He's done a lot of interviews talking about this stuff. I think you're going to find it very interesting what uh, he has to say here. here. Here's what an incident he talked about. So we have a declassified British government document, which is a research document into UFOs that points out a couple of times, actually, that about four Soviet pilots, perhaps Russian pilots since, were lost. doesn't say how. And I haven't been able to find out how. Uh, I did hear from someone, though, engaged was an appropriate term to use. They were trying to shoot these things down. 
<laughs> so Russian, and you didn't hear in the clip there, but he did talk about it in the interview, Russian and Chinese. There is okay. reports of Russian and Chinese. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't find a lot of the information on the Chinese engagements because they kind of bury a lot of that information <laughs> yeah. on the Internet. Yeah. Um, but there was information on these Russian engagements. So you're talking about... Just consider for a second, you know, that we always get so caught up with ourselves, right? It happens. We're all victims of it. We, we get caught up in our own little bubble. And I think that we forget sometimes that this is not an issue that is unique to just the United States or even just the U.S. military. This is something that other countries like Russia and China deal with as well. And in some cases, it ends very badly for them. Oh, <laughs> Like in the case that Tom Rogan was talking about here, because you think about this, Soviet jets or Russian jets, whatever, depending on the time frame, either way, it's Russia, they're engaging with UFOs. I'm surprised they admitted it. Right. And now these are coming from declassified documents, which means... And this was when it was the Soviet Union? It must be, because okay. if it's being declassified, this has got to be at least 50 years ago. So they're being shot down, okay? These Russian jets have been shot down by unidentified alien aircraft. Huh. And this, these are documents detailing it. Yeah. Soldiers have died going up against these things in the skies. Huh. So he actually, here's a little bit more of Tom Rogan. He kind of puts into perspective um, just what these aircraft are, are capable of, these UFOs. You have things that are going hundreds of knots under the water, anti-gravity, instantaneous hypersonic acceleration, uh, that you have uh, basically capability performance without jet propulsion. This stuff is not stuff that China or Russia have anywhere near the capability. And I think that's the main point there, right? Yeah, instantaneous hypersonic acceleration. Get me some of that. I mean, right, it's just, you're talking, and, and now look, I know that we've covered a lot of those things before when it comes to characteristics, right? When it comes to characteristics of a UFO sighting, whether it's hypersonic speed or in, you know instantaneous acceleration. USOs, you talked about going you know hundreds of knots under the water, and the, we've talked about unidentified submerged objects before. Well, so. that's what happened on the the North Dakota sighting. Yes, instantaneous hypersonic Gone. acceleration, and that was that's what happened. Right, and that's in 1968. There you go. So I know that we've talked about those characteristics before, but I felt it worth mentioning again, or at least having someone else mention it because it's it's such an important point to make. These things that are being seen all over the world. And yes. I want to stress that. Yeah, not just by us. Right. It's not just, you know, an, a Florida thing. Because <laughs> Karen and I are in South Florida. That, that's, that's where we do the show. It's not just a USA thing. It's not just an England thing. I know we have a lot of listeners in England and, and throughout Europe. This is happening throughout the world. It's not just some farmers in their field. No. Right. Exactly. This isn't, you know. A, a, this is like military from Russia and yes. China. And they are being engaged by militaries around the world. Yeah. And they're using technology not known to Earth. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to play that clip there by that journalist, Tom Rogan, because he, he frames it really well. Where, you know, you can listen to Karen and I talk all day about how these things are, you know, completely unheard of and they're otherworldly. But I think when you hear a second voice, and especially one that sounds British, because it always sounds more dignified. I oh, think. And authoritative right. and, you know, and accurate. He puts it so plainly. About these capabilities that just no one has. Yeah, well, look how far away we are from having those capabilities, like our diesel buses out there, you know, we and somehow they can hypersonically accelerate. Right. I mean, we have got to connect dots that are like billions of miles apart in order to get where they are. And I, th I, I should say, look, 
we don't know for a fact that we don't at least have some type of this capability because we've talked about before, you know, as far as uh, reverse well, madness, engineering. Yeah. Well, you know, just different things like with Bob Lazar, right? He's working on reverse engineering back in the late 80s and early 90s. So, you know, and that creates different technology that we may not even know about right now. So, of course, I'm not saying that there's technology out there that we know everything that we have or that Russia or China has because we don't. So let's just get that out of the way. We don't know. I wonder if there's elements that we don't have on Earth that we need in order to achieve that. It's very possible. You know, whatever fusion might need, you know, for, for propulsion. I don't know. But that's the thing, too. And there's they've our, talked our about... Our periodic table needs some additions. Yeah, I mean, they've talked about before when they kind of um, study these materials, crash materials, that it involves, yeah. you know, uh, materials that are not known to our periodic table. Elements that aren't known to the right. periodic table. So we've seen evidence of that before. And so that I just want to make that clear, too, though. We're not saying that we know all the technology that's out there. We absolutely do not. There's absolutely secret technology, but it's not this. No. <laughs> this is way too advanced. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Which is why we try to reverse engineer things, and which is why there's so much secrets behind it, because the military wants those secrets and that technology for themselves so they can figure out how to do these things, because we cannot do it but yet. But some of the better minds, the greater minds, are not in the military. True. And they should also be involved in this. True. And I think it's important to know, too, Tom Rogan mentioned uh, during his interview, this isn't Elon Musk. This isn't Jeff Bezos. This isn't some eccentric billionaire who's creating these things. It's just the fact of the matter is this technology is not of Earth. Right. And we've got the Artemis rocket that's supposed to take off sometime in the next couple of days. It's got minor leaks now, but, you know, it's ready to go. We're, we're, we're trying to get but, back to the moon. I know. Right? Like, <laughs> think about it. Put it into perspective. I know. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> just, just remember those things. But we'll wrap up with this story here today because there's there's another interview here that we're going to play in just a bit um, that quite honestly gave me chills the first time I heard it. Wow. And for, in the interest of full disclosure, because we're all about full disclosure here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, I played this interview the sound of from this interview for karen before we started and you heard it karen and i saw you i didn't tell you what it was i wanted to play it for you it's awesome and i saw your eyes bug out of your head like i told you it was good so we're gonna we're gonna play that interview for you in just a minute because it relates to something that we've heard about over the past couple of weeks that we've been keeping an eye on one situation in particular which is things are happening in in ukraine okay it's even something that some of you have reached out to us about on our Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Again, worth mentioning, at UA Podcast, at UA Podcast 850. Well, there's all Twitter. these nuclear threats being thrown around. Yeah. And anytime that happens, that attracts alien sightings. I mean, or UFO or it, UAP sightings. It can't be a coincidence. We've seen it over the yeah. past 60 years. I mean, one bomb landed like two feet from the nuclear reactor in Ukraine. <laughs> right. And the aliens are like, uh, wait a minute, that's a little too close. So what are we talking about here? What have you reached out to us about on our Twitter? The fact that Ukrainian astronomers have come out with these details, with reports of sightings. Uh, they say that they have seen, quote, a significant number. Okay, they're using the word significant there. A significant number of objects whose nature is not clear. So that would be a UAP. Sure. And they also they go on to say that. Quote, we see them everywhere. Whoa. So they're talking about objects they can't identify, yep. unidentified flying objects, and they see them everywhere. And you've got Just to like think. Just like in Korea. Remember we talked about that yes, Korean War. that's right. 
We talked about, you know, the battle and, and yes, in the Korean War. That was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. If you want to go back and, and listen to that, I think it was military versus aliens or something like that. If you want to. This is go not new. Right. This is something. The, the Foo Fighters. Exactly. This is something that's been happening for 70, over 70 years now. Okay. Going back to Roswell. All right. As far as military engagements go. And now they're seeing it again. And once again, you mentioned it, Karen, and we've had listeners mention it to us on Twitter as well. Think about the things that have been happening nuclear-wise, the nuclear power plants. Okay, mm-hmm. and these—it can't be a coincidence. It always shows up in that ma- in that manner. Now, these astronomers say that an incredible number of UFOs and UAPs have been showing up over the skies of Kiev, actually. Really, in increasing numbers recently. But they go on to say that the the, the flights of single group and squadrons of the ships have been detected. Really? So there's, oh my god, They're seeing these things in great numbers. That's right. In formation? Uh, yeah. Wow. That's what they're saying. Now, everywhere. Everywhere. Mm. And so it kind of catches you off guard. It's like, geez, I mean, what's going on? Based on what I've seen of the Russian military, I highly doubt these are Russian objects. Doesn't sound like it. I mean, their tanks run out of fuel. <laughs> they stall out. No, it's fair. I mean, you're, you're right. They're using old equipment a lot of times. Yeah. Now, for me, okay, two things come to mind right away. Maybe you think the same thing. Number one, how interesting is it, of course, that we started to hear these reports as nuclear concerns began to grow over the past couple of weeks due to the fighting near the nuclear power plant in Ukraine? Yeah. You know, at what point does it stop becoming a coincidence? Right. Right. I don't when, believe in coincidence. No, especially in these cases. And we know the history of seemingly otherworldly intervention. It goes back over 60, 70 years when it comes to nuclear capabilities. We've, we've spoken about things where they've disabled our nukes before. Yes. Okay. Right. On more than one occasion. For like a whole day. Right. Going back to Cold War times. They, they've disabled ICBMs. Okay. These things have been happening for a long time. So is it really that far out of the realm of possibility that we're seeing this type of stuff again? Now, I'd be curious to see if these sightings continue, um, especially we're going to keep an eye on it as time goes on, because given the recent uh, comments, threats from Vladimir Putin, where he's talking about using nukes if necessary, mm-hmm. right? So we, yeah. we saw that recently. So I'm curious to see if these sightings continue to develop. But the second thing that comes to mind as a possible explanation here, could this simply be a case of mistaken identity? And I think it's a fair question to ask. I mean, you have a war going on, right? Yeah. So there might be drones or other flying devices. Tracer bullets. Right, whatever it might be. I don't know. You know, maybe... Drones, maybe, yeah. Maybe there is technology that Russia is keeping secret that they're using. Maybe it's even China that they they, they gave Russia technology that's, you know. But hypersonic instance acceleration is hard to do with a drone. True. So just something to keep in mind. In in, in the fog of war, things get misidentified during the chaos. I'm just throwing it out there as a possible explanation. Okay. Now, it's a good theory in general until you hear this account from one Ukrainian man who says he saw one of these UFOs shoot down a Russian jet out of nowhere. Ah. Okay, so again, this is the clip here I was talking about a few minutes ago. Gave me chills the first time I heard it. The way he describes this is just, it's its really something else. So here's our Ukrainian friend here describing what he saw. There's some miracle happened. It looked like, like there was like an attack from the spaceship. There was some kind of a lightning was starting shooting from the sky and, and like sparks were going, were like spreading everywhere. And then they, on the morning, they discovered that the whole, the whole machinery was destroyed. Whoa. Yeah. 
gone. So this is some guy in the ground with his family. I heard his kids in the background. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, his kids were in the background there during his interview. And this is what he saw. I mean, he's seeing these Russian fighter jets, right? These, These fighter pilots. And all of a sudden, this thing comes out of nowhere. He calls it a spaceship. Yes. He called it a spaceship. Hello. <laughs> With lightning bolts coming out of it. I mean, what is that? Out of nowhere. Wow. So you're talking about now, as recent as a few weeks ago, where according to this Ukrainian man, he saw, in his words, a spaceship. Well, Stephen, it was a surface-to-air <laughs> missile that oh, sure. we, sent, we sent to them. And Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Look, may come up with any explanation you want. I know you're being facetious. I but am. Come up with any explanation you want. We know, you know, we, we, we never tell you what to think. You make up your own mind. That's right. But that's what he said. He said he saw a spaceship come out of nowhere and shoot down Russian equipment, as, as, as he said it. But he's talking about a jet, a Russian fighter jet. That's amazing. And so it wouldn't be Russia <laughs> shooting down its own plane. Exactly. It's certainly not American. Right. So, And China's not involved. In fact, Putin's meeting with Xi, so they're kind of together on this. So what was it? Exactly right. Exactly right. So if you come up, if you subscribe to the theory that it's some secret technology that these astronomers, uh, astronomers are seeing that they can't explain away, maybe that's the case sometimes, but it's not the case there. Occam's razor, yeah. Right. It's, like you said, Karen, Russians aren't shooting down their own aircraft. China's no. not going to do it, and we're not doing it. So who's doing it? I mean, that's unbelievable. It is. <laughs> it truly is. It's a wild story. It is. I also like how Ukrainians speak English. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I think, how many I think Americans of- speak Ukrainian? Not many, but, you know, I think a lot of people around the world try to speak English because it's just business-wise and things like that, but it's it's pretty wild. I mean, this is why I wanted to call this episode The Silent War, The Battle Over Our Skies, because that's really what's been happening, even to present day. Yes, and continues to. So I, I guess the message here, as, as we wrap up, to kind of keep in mind is... That this is not an issue or phenomenon that is constrained to just one country or society. This is something that is being experienced throughout the world and really throughout world history. If you go back and listen to a lot of the episodes when we talk about things that happened thousands of years ago, okay? We're not just talking about your run-of-the-mill sightings here. We're talking about direct engagement. And, of course, USA has had plenty of engagements in the past, some that we've covered here on the show and some that we haven't even been able to get to yet. But the bottom line is we, as a human race, have been going up against these things for decades and pretty unsuccessfully, I might add, right up until today, like you heard there in that clip. And it's all kept silent and swept under the rug, or at least that's what they try to do. But now there's direct evidence of it. I, Irrefutable evidence. I think so. Well, the, that the Pentagon has given us. That's yeah. why we started doing the podcast. That's right. I mean, they've come out and said there's the things Nimitz. they can't explain. That's right. The Nimitz video, this started it all. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Hey. A lot going on. Yeah. So while we little humans are down here concerned about getting our next meal, yeah. there's something much bigger going on in the universe. And, and above, right above our heads. Right too. above our heads. I like how you said in the skies above our heads, there's really only one sky. <laughs> I like that. True, yeah. We all live under the same sky throughout our differences. But there's our final thoughts. <laughs> that's that's heavy duty, man. Wow, right? Yeah. No. Love it. But next time when we come back for on UAP and on episode 56, we'll try to come back next week, but either way, we'll, we'll be back. I'm going to call the next episode Northern Lights. And okay. I think it's a little play on words because there's uh, there's a lot of sightings that I've been kind of putting on the back burner, but they're very intriguing. Sightings in Canada, 
even the northern U.S., places like Minnesota, the, you know, in North Dakota, places like that, that don't, don't you get know. talked about a lot. <laughs> yes. Then you're not talking about the northern lights. You're talking about lights up north. Exactly. Gotcha. A little play on words Got it. A little dad joke. And, but we will talk yeah. a little bit about what causes the northern. Yeah, that's always fun, too. So I want to get into that next time because these there's I'm telling you, there's really fascinating cases that, again, I've kind of been putting on the back burner, but I'm like, you know what? I want to start to bring these up. So I like it. Yeah, well, you've had you've got archived so many things over the past, what, 10, 12 years? Yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. You've had this Just podcast. Been you've been down. like writing. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I can't I wait. I never knew what I was going to do with the notes that I Well, here we are. I here came to you one day. Yeah. I said, hey, let's do a podcast about it. And you're like, ah. Sure. Good idea. <laughs> See if anybody cares. And thankfully... You have cared, so we appreciate you very much because it's, you know, we've mentioned it before, but I always want to say thank you because yes, thank the you amount of you who have come out to listen to this show, who give us feedback on Twitter, it's it's overwhelming. I mean, it really is. So if only you knew, <laughs> but I'm telling you, it really is something. So we, we appreciate you and we'll do it again next time. Yes, we will. On UAP when we go over episode 56 right here on the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Make sure you keep up with the show and Give us your feed, uh, your feedback on Twitter at UA Podcast eight fifty. We'll have up uh, this episode and some of the pictures we talked about. Yeah, Neptune's rings. Who knew? Yes, yeah, so that'll be on the blog page, which is on eight fifty wftlcom where the show kind of lives on the podcast page. When you search that on the website, you'll find us there. And subscribe, download, give us five extraterrestrial stars yes, if you please. liked it, please. And give us the feedback again at our Twitter handle. Yes, at UA Podcast eight fifty on Twitter, and of course. You, if you see something. Yes, give us your story. I want to hear your story. Some of us have done that before. We might do an episode of the future just on the stories you're giving us, some of the listener stories. So we'll keep that in mind. And like you said, Karen, wherever you get your podcasts, we're everywhere, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever. There's comments and reviews there. So keep them coming, good or bad. We appreciate it all. Oh, yeah. And we appreciate you always. We'll talk to you again next time. So it's Karen Curtis there, Stephen Diener here. And we'll talk to you on the next UAP. Have a good one. Thanks.